Good morning, everyone. This Wednesday, we'll have our worship night. We invite you to be a part of it. Oh, man, this is Family Fun Day. That's right. Man, we're going to have some fun. It's going to be a really good time. I love seeing the kids all jacked up, ready to go. We got them hocked up on, on uh, donuts. Man, it's going to be good. You know, we've been uh, talking about traveling this summer and about our national parks and and I hope you've had an opportunity to do something with your family. And we talked about how our faith is our road trip. And that has, it's, it's kind of different, like driving across the country. And there are times when it has different shapes and different experiences. We call that topography. That sometimes uh, your faith has topography. It, it has hills, it has valleys, it has moments where there is a lot of uh, uh, beautiful sights to see. There are some times when it's desert. But all of it, um, your faith journey has topography. It has shapes, and, and it goes in different places. And, and God just wants us to be encouraged. That if you're in one of those places now where the trip has gotten dry and hot, that doesn't mean you've lost God. If it's gotten difficult and there are challenges in your life, that doesn't mean you've lost God. If there's even moments of doubt and the, the road is turned in such a way and you're in a moment of grief, that doesn't mean you've lost God that all those elements are a part of this incredible faith journey that we're on with God. You know, when I was a kid, people used to put stickers on the back of their RV or their car when they went on trips. And I know we did it. We used to uh, put stickers on the back of our, our camper or back of our van, and kind of locating where we had gone on that trip and we'd begin to stick them on there and show the places where we had been. It was kind of really cool to be able to show other people, well, yeah, we have been to Idaho or Minnesota or Michigan or places like that. And uh, it was really cool. Anybody else do this when they were a kid or doing it right now? You put stickers on your RV. Anybody here has been in every state in the lower 48? Anybody here? Anybody got, a, a, well, you got one or two people? So I guess there's nobody here that's been to all 50 states. Anybody here been to all 50 states? We got to get out there. Okay. Forget France. I'm serious. What do you need Ireland for when you got America looking so beautiful? Yeah, seriously. Get America done, then do Europe. Because we've got an incredible country right here. But, you know, I remember when Pop took all of us out to California as a kid. And that was a pretty big deal because there was a bunch of us. And he took us to Yosemite, we went to Joshua Tree National Forest, we went to the Redwoods, we went to Monterey and wine country. And, and while we were out there as kids, like most of the kids here, that when you're like on the beach or you're going someplace, we would collect things. And we would collect memories and we would collect um, souvenirs is what you call them, whether you bought them or whether you actually picked them up and collected them. You grabbed these things called souvenirs. These things are called remembrances. And they're kind of like little stickers on your RV that when you pick up a shell, all my daughters have all these shells that they remember from going to different locations. And they'll say, oh yeah, dad, I remember when I got this shell, we got this um, up in uh, New York City, and I remember this shell over here. This is when we, or this rock here when we were in Denver, and we were in the Garden of the Gods. And they have all these little trinkets, and they trigger memories, remember thoughts, and oh yeah, I remember that trip, just by looking at a rock, just by looking at a shell, just by looking at some little souvenir. And it's really important 
that when we're on our faith journey with God, that we have rememberings, that we remember our trip with God, that we remember the times when God spoke to our heart, or, or maybe a prayer that God answered. Or maybe it was a time when God watched over you in a, in a bad car accident or in a situation that you went through as a family, that you remember these moments, that you, that you hold on to them and remember on your journey how God met you, whether it was in a personal moment or as a family together. I, I was probably 12 when we went to Yosemite. And uh, I haven't been back yet, and that's, that's what Yosemite looked like on a Super 8 camera back in the early 1970s when we went to Yosemite. That's what it looked like. I don't know why you're laughing. It's, I know, because you got phones that can do better than that. Let me just tell you, most people over the age of 50, definitely in my age group, approaching 60, don't have videos of their lives. So this is actually amazing that we have videos. But here's the thing, my memory of Yosemite, even though I haven't been there, most of the major objects of Yosemite are still there today. El Capitan is still there, the waterfalls are still there, there's probably bears there, there's probably all kinds of things that were there when I was there. So what I remember there is still relative today. And that's why the apostle said in Hebrews 13 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That your memories of God are so important that when you're in this time now when maybe you don't see God moving in your life, maybe you're having a difficulty, maybe you, didn't, you don't get to that place where you go back to Yosemite and see it, I don't doubt that El Capitan is still in Yosemite. And when people today will come up, have you ever been to California? I'll go, oh yeah, I've been to California. Really, have you ever been to Yosemite? Oh yeah. And I remember the substance of Yosemite, and that substance is still real today. And, and we're told that Jesus was real then, and then there was real moments in my life, and that when I'm in a moment when I don't see God, that I can remember, and he's just as real in the memory. You know, moments with God may change, and they do, but in those moments, lifelong understanding can remain. Those memories and moments that I've had with God in the past begin to develop an expectation of God for me. Those moments of grace and beauty and times when God has talked to me, and, he, and I don't feel him talk to me every day, and I don't have encounters where all of a sudden I feel the rush of the waterfall of the presence of God or anything like that. But in those moments, there were, there were times that I remember that I hold on to them like little shells, like little rocks. They're souvenirs, they're remembrances of God. And those moments begin to give me hope. Those shells, those stickers stuck to my heart and to my faith begin to remind me that when I face adversity, when I face difficulty, if I remember, I will have the courage to face them. Because I've learned one thing, that when we forget, we begin to forget who we are. When we forget what God has done for us, when we begin to forget the principles of God in our lives, we begin to get scared. We begin to, we start to lose hope. You know, I know the kids probably remember that there was a king who forgot who he was. And if I was to ask you kids, what's the name of the kid that forgot who he was, all of you would probably say, Jesus. Well, no, it's, it's not Jesus, and, and Jesus never forgot who he was, but it's the number one answer in children's church. Whenever kids are asked anything, if they want to get it right, just say Jesus, and you, you, you'll get a sticker. So, 
But kids, you probably remember, and, and not only this, this is great because not only your kids remember, but the parents here will also remember, and maybe even the grandparents. In Lion King, Simba was facing a real challenge in his life. He had to go back, and remember he had to face Scar. He had to go back, and, and he was told that he was the king, and he needed to go back and restore his kingdom. But what happened to Simba while he was away? He forgot who he was. He forgot about his father. He forgot what, what was done in his life. And so when he began to get challenged by Scar, when he began to get challenged by adversity, because he forgot, he forgot, he began to get afraid. He began to um, forget who he was. Let me just show you this again and show you how Simba forgot. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look out. You see, he lives in you. Wow, what a scene where he's totally forgotten because he's forgotten his relationship with his father. It begins to make him forget about courage. It makes him forget about who he is and what he's able to accomplish. Now, there was another king that comes to us from the Bible that was faced with a challenge, and his name was David. But David was different than Simba because David remembered what God had done in his faith journey. He remembered what God had done in his life. And kids, you probably remember David, the king of Israel. He was the giant killer. And he faced a lot of things in his life, but he remembered what God would do in his life. So one day, when he was a young man, probably a teenager, which is a little bit older than you and just a little bit younger than me, when he was, I don't know what part you're laughing at there. I don't appreciate it. But when he was probably just a teenager, he went to visit his brothers who were in the army, and they were, they were all prepared to fight a war against these people called the Philistines. So he went up to visit his brothers as a teenager because his job was to deliver the pizza. 
They were kind of a meat lovers, pepperoni kind of crowd. So David goes up there to the battle, and there's this great army and this other army here. And, and so David goes up with the pizza, and he's beginning to give the pizza to his brothers. And, and while he was there, this giant enemy warrior, his name was Goliath, walked into the middle of the field and began yelling at the soldiers of God's people, of Israel. Man, this guy was nasty too. Goliath was big, but he had a mouth on him. Um, he talked bad about God. He talked bad about their mamas. He talked bad about their favorite football team. He just was just, there was nothing that Goliath wouldn't do. And, and Goliath just kept making fun of the people of God. And this made David's brothers and the soldiers of Israel very mad. And you, can, you remember what that's like. If somebody bullies you, you know what it does? It makes you, it hurts you, and then it makes you mad inside. But you know, even though they were mad, every one of them was too scared to fight. No one dared to do anything in the situation. But while David was handing out pizza, he listened to what Goliath said, and he heard what Goliath was saying. And David got angry and then said, I will fight him. And the people were shocked, because, you know, I mean, Goliath, I mean, David's just this little guy, and Goliath is this giant guy. And the people were shocked, and even David's brothers started to make fun of him and laugh at him. You can't do it. Well, and why were they making fun of him? Why were they, why did the people laugh at him? Because he said he could fight this giant. Uh, well, because he didn't have big muscles, you know? I, I don't know, I mean, give him a little flex here, see what you got. You know, he didn't have, he didn't have really big muscles. Uh, he didn't have, like, mad ninja skills, so he wasn't really, you know, um, really good with that. He didn't have, like, a rocket launcher, because if I had a rocket launcher, I would have just blown up Goliath. But he didn't have a rocket launcher, he didn't have an amazingly huge sword. And he wasn't even full grown yet. So what did David have? What did David have that would make him respond to Goliath differently than what his brothers and the other soldiers say? What did he have? He had a story that he remembered. See, the power of remembering. He had a, a story where God moved in his life, and he remembered that. He had souvenirs with God. He had stickers on his faith journey, on his heart. He remembered that God had done things, and he began to remember these stories. See, David didn't believe he could beat Goliath because he thought he was a giant killer. David didn't go, hey, I'm a giant killer. I can kill giants. I'll kill this giant. It wasn't because he thought he was a giant killer. He didn't say it because he thought he was smarter or faster than Goliath. He believed Goliath would be beaten because he remembered where he had been with God. He remembered his moments with God. He still had his souvenirs of those times when God had moved in his life. When he was asked why he thought he could beat the giant, he told the story that he had with God. The king, King Saul, said to David, you're not able to go up against this Philistine giant to fight him. For you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. Like, you can't do this. You're just a kid. But David said to Saul, listen, he begins to show him his souvenirs. He says to Saul, your servant used to keep the sheep for his father, referring to himself. And when there came a lion or a bear 
and took a lamb from the flock. I went up after him and struck him and delivered him out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him down and killed him. Your servants have struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be just like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, here's his story, his, his rock, his remembrance. See, he doesn't kill Goliath just with the, the stone in the slingshot. The, where he really gets the stone that kills Goliath is the souvenir of remembering what God had done in his life. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. Do you see how the power of remembering what God has done for you is so important in your journey? And so many of us, we encounter God and then we just move on. And we forget the incredible things that he's done in our lives. But we need to live our lives remembering what God's done, putting stickers on our RV or on our hearts, remembering the beautiful things that he has done, the times that he answered our prayers, the times that we felt his presence, the time maybe he protected us. David wasn't a giant killer about to kill a giant. See, they didn't say, Hey, scour the land. Find us a giant killer. You know, like when they went out to find Cinderella with the slipper? They didn't send out somebody to find a giant killer because David wasn't a giant killer about to kill a giant. No one is a born a giant killer. Nobody in this room, I don't care how young or old you are, you were not born a giant killer. Nobody's born a giant killer. But David was a guy who had God help him kill a lion and a bear. David was a guy with a slingshot and a memory of God. And what a guy with a slingshot and a memory of God can become is a giant killer. But nobody's born a giant killer. There's none of us that are better than the other. But yet, as we journey with God, we begin to have these moments with God that prepares us for the giant oppositions in our life. So your current journey with God can help you face the giants of tomorrow. That's why it's so important to remember God now and to create memories with God now. Don't expect to become a giant killer just because there's giants. Your journey prepares you to be a giant killer when we need to have giant killers. But when you forget what God has done for you, you begin to forget who you are. When you begin to forget the principles of God's word, that there is a resurrection from the dead, when you begin to forget the power of the spirit of God that is with you, when you begin to forget the promises of Jesus, I will ne never leave you nor forsake you, when we get into giant moments of our lives, we begin to lose our hope. We begin to lose our courage because we have forgotten. We have misplaced our souvenirs, our remembrances of God. Simba forgot and he lost his hope. He didn't lose his hope because he was afraid. That's really interesting. We always think of that fear and hope are in opposition with each other. He didn't lose his hope because he was afraid. He lost his hope because he forgot. That's what made him lose his hope. It wasn't fear. Because here's the thing, everybody gets afraid. It doesn't say that David wasn't afraid. 
But what David didn't do, because you know you don't have to be like, well, one day I'm not going to have any fear and I'll be able to stand up to anything. No, you're going to be afraid at a lot of things as you grow up. And so it wasn't that he lost his hope because he was afraid. He lost his hope because he forgot. Simba forgot. Everyone gets afraid, but that's not why we lose our hope. We lose our hope because we forget the story of God in our lives. Remember what God has done for you. If God has done something in your life, you gotta create a sticker system. Whether it's on the back of your RV or back of your van or in a little notebook or someplace, you need to write down, create a memory about what God has done in your life. Remember the story. Find some way where you remember. I remember um, at my house, in the back left corner of my house up in Boston, um, I don't, you know, my brother owns the house today, but this is like 40 years removed. Uh, I remember etching something by the back door, um, remembering a moment that took place, and I, I put the little moment there. I could go back to that house today, and I could look, and, you know, it looked like I wrote it up here, but I probably really wrote it down there. But the memory was inscribed because I made a log. I made a journal of it. My dad wasn't really happy about me writing on the back of the house. But God wants you to remember. And we need to establish a system of remembering, whether it's journaling with God, writing it in your Bible. But here's another way that you remember. Tell your story to somebody. Tell your story to somebody. There are incredible moments and those stories need to be heard. Tell your story. Let me just tell you a, 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 mo a moment where this actually happened in my life. When I was a young man and I was just meeting Jesus for the first time, I was about 21 years of age, I spent the night out really late on a Friday night, okay, really late. And so when, when places started to close, I decided that I would head back to my place where I was staying. So I jumped on my motorcycle, this was up in Baltimore, and I was heading down the BWI Parkway on my motorcycle, pitch black, all of a sudden, while I was riding on my motorcycle, this BMW, white BMW, comes along behind me, and there's nobody else on the road, and he begins to get up near my back wheel, and he's going to nudge me off the road. So I've got my uh, Kawasaki just all opened up as much as I could, and I'm beginning to move back and forth on the length, and he's switching with me. He's coming up alongside and trying to run me off the road. I'd brake, and I'd zoom around, and he's trying to run me off the road. And so... Um, I waited for the last moment that I accelerated as much as I could. I saw an exit over on the right-hand side. I was over in the left-hand lane. And at the last possible moment, I switched multiple lanes. It was just me and him. And I took the exit, and I got off, and I came up to the end of that road, and the BMW couldn't make the turn. And so I drove home safe. I told that story 10 years later at the church I was going to. I had never told anybody that story, and I said it was the day that God saved my life because these guys wanted to kill me. And I remember thinking, wow, that was the day God saved. So I told the church that I was going to, 10 years later, I remembered the story and I shared them how God, I showed them my souvenir, how God had saved my life. Well, here's the crazy part. We drive home that night from church, we go back to the house, we turn on the TV, and on the TV, there is a scene happening at night with a motorcycle with a white BMW chasing the BMW. 
the, uh, he's riding right behind me, and me and my wife are just like, you just told the story, and it's happening. But here's the thing, when the motorcycle takes the turn, the BMW makes the turn. And when they get to the end of the road, disaster happens to the motorcycle rider. You're like, oh my gosh, what an incredible story. See, you gotta remember stories like that. You gotta tell stories like that. I tell stories to my kids about when I, when I had God move in my life, when God spoke to me. I even tell my kids when I made mistakes and God forgave me. Boy, that's a stone you need to show to your kids. Daddies, you don't have to be perfect, and I got a secret for you. Your kids already know you're not. Because your wife told them. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding, I hope that's not happening at your house. But the best stone a daddy can give to their kids is to show their kids how to get forgiven. And so when a daddy shows that, hey, yeah, you know what, I made this mistake, instead of hiding it, because you don't want your kids to do the same thing, your kids are gonna do the same thing. You need to show them the greater truth, and that's how to experience the grace of God. Your stories are important. Remembering is more. I mean, this is why we're having family church here. This is why we're having family day. Some of you may think, oh, this is a poo-poo. You know, I can't believe that this is in church. That's not what you do in church. It's because we want your kids to remember that God is not only the God of commandments and principles for life, but he's also the God of fun. We're creating a stone for you to give your kids. So I know right after church, you could probably get dinner a little cheaper someplace else. I know you could probably go to Frankie's Fun Park and get on a thing, but you know what? You have the opportunity today, right after church, to bouncy castle with your kids at church and the memory of a good God and a good father and the joy of being in the presence of family will be cemented in their lives. And no matter what they face, they will always have a stone in their hands that says, I can go back to church. I can go back to God because I have a memory of something good happening in that place. So we need to remember what God has done. Write it down. The Irish used to come up with songs, limericks for everything. Yeah, that's about as much as I had. Come up with a song. Why do we sing praise and worship songs? Why do we do that? Because you may come in here and like fold your hands and be like, oh, this is dumb, I hate singing. No, what we're doing is singing, singing remembrances. We're all taking our souvenirs and we're presenting them to God and we're thanking God for the incredible works that he's done and we sing about the works of God. That's what praise and worship is. That's what teaching is. It's giving you stones so that when you face your giants, because today you're not a giant. You're not a giant killer today. But if you have memories with God, when that moment comes upon you, you can become anything that God wants you to be because you remember what God has done in your life. And you may be here, and if you don't have any stories with God, well then, here's the thing. God wants to give you a couple stories that you can borrow. We call them the Gospels. We call them the Old Testament, where God tells us about the, the, the Red Sea parting, where he tells us about the giant falling, where he tells us about how God delivers his people. We hear about Lazarus being raised from the dead and Jesus on the cross for our sins. God's got stories. If you don't have one, it's okay. 
He's got stories he wants you to read. He wants you to, to grow and to understand so that you can have new stories. And then God will make new stories in your life. And maybe you're here today and you've got all those stories, but you are in a moment where you've just forgotten God. You've kind of let a little distance between you and God happen. So today we want to help you remember. And you know what's interesting? Jesus gave us something to do to remember. This is why this isn't just a good, clever sermon. This is at the very heart of the gospel is remembering. Jesus said, when all you guys come together, take the bread and take the cup, and remember that when the bread is broken, it was just like my body being broken for you. And he says, and then take the cup and remember, just like my blood was poured out for you, I want you to remember. And he says, whenever you do these things, you remember. And in those moments of remembering, it, it, it all of a sudden makes me realize, oh, that's right, I'm a child of the living God. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I remember, these are elements of remembering. God left souvenirs behind for you and I to remember. So maybe you have let some distance between you and God take place. And today God wants to restore the story. Why? So that you will be prepared to face the giants because we live in a world where there are these challenges and they are not going away. But don't let your hope go away because that's even worse than a giant. Living life without hope. And if you have no hope, the way you get one is to create memories with God, to have the story of God in your life. Hope is restored in the remembering of the greatness and the kindness of our God. I love what Nehemiah said. He said, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. It's not because God's up there going, oh, they forgot me. Shucks. You know, they didn't pick me to be on the team. They forgot to talk to me today. I'm getting really lonely in heaven. Now, what Nehemiah was saying was, listen, when you remember God, it empowers you. It helps you remember who you are. That's the power of it. And God says, when you remember me, when you draw near to me, when you come into my presence and you remember me, that out of through the power of the Holy Spirit, I begin to infuse you with purpose and meaning. I begin to give you definition that you remember that you are a child of the living God and that you can face the giants of your life. So as we go into this last moment of expressions, this is a private moment between you and God. Because I have my memories. I have my BMW story. I know that Jesus died for me. I remember that there's a heaven and a resurrection that I will be a part of. But today God wants to restore that with you. And moms and dads, if you're here with your kids, your story with God is so important. And maybe your kids are here today and they don't understand communion, and that's okay. I, I would recommend that that you don't, that they don't take communion if they don't understand the story. But I would take them up there with you and let them see you take the bread and the cup. Let them see that you have souvenirs that were given to you by God and that one day they will pick those up. And when they think about God in the future of their lives, they'll try to remember a story and if they don't have one, they will borrow yours. My dad loved God. 
My dad lived under grace. My mom had hope because of her journey with God. I want to find those stones. I want to have those memories. Father, as we enter into this moment of expressions, whether it's through singing this song, whether it's a moment where we just sit in our chair and, and just begin to remember the story of God in our life, God, we just invite you. You said whatever two or more are gathered in my name, there you are. And you are here today to give us new souvenirs, new memories, to speak to our heart, to empower us, to forgive us, to remind us that we are the sons and daughters of the living God. Let me invite you. Remember. Remember that he gave his life for you and shed his blood for you. Re receive the remembrance of God.